What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 69. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. The Muffin Mon, and today I'm joined by the prophet himself, the future of esports, Amon. How you doing? And uh, have your psychic powers fully kicked in yet? I'm doing great. No, no, I think I need to warm up a bit. Uh, just for some background information, I predicted the Bungie acquisition, guys, so go check out my Twitter. And uh, you'll see true. my prophecy come true. It's true. One hour before the official announcement, you tweeted that Sony should buy Bungie. And they did. Uh, we're also joined by Mr. Physical Copy himself and the man that wants me to call him the lord of actually owning video <laughs> games that I will never say uh, besides to mock right now. Ethan, how you doing? Digital ownership is not ownership. Amon, a blind squirrel gets a nut every now and then. Don't get your head too big now, okay? But I'm doing great, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Mr. Human that. Alpaca himself has joined. I don't know if he's ready to go, but Tom, how you doing? Doing pretty good. You know, just got out of work, rushed right in, set up my little green screen and everything back here. But I'm doing mm -hmm. good. It, it looks lovely. It looks lovely. High quality stuff we got going on here, guys. Um, but... Enough about you, folks. We're not here for you. Uh, we're here because we do a podcast every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time right here on YouTube live. So make sure if you want to chat with us, come over, hang out. If you can't catch it live, we post every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time at podcast services around the globe. Make sure when you're over there to drop us a review, rating, whether that's Spotify, Apple. I don't really care. Just review us and give us ratings. It does help us grow. If you want to interact with us more, join us in our Discord. We're chatting all the time about games. Anything going on in the gaming universe, come over, hang out. Link is in the description. And if you leave a five-star review on Apple, we will read it live on the show. For those that don't know, we have a Patreon, and if you support us at any tier, you get a Patreon shout-out and early access to all our content. So thank you, Bucky Blue, for supporting our show. Now that housekeeping's out of the way, guys, time to get into what you're playing. Um, so every week, I go around the room and ask one simple question. That question is, what you're playing? So I'm going to start with Amon, because I think he's the only one not playing what we're all going to talk about. <laughs> Yep, I'm the only one not playing what you guys are going to talk about. But I have been playing a shit ton of games. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I want to start uh, talk about that first. Phenomenal game. Um, Mass Effect 1 is already like on my top three of all time. I'm like, I think 80% of the way through. I'm like at that Pharaoh's planet. I just beat like Matriarch Benazia. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm loving that game. Absolutely phenomenal. The plot is just amazing. The RPG elements, fantastic. Top three of all time already, and I'm only like 80% done. Um, I gave Paparazzi a shot. I uh, dropped it after like 15 minutes. I don't know how you guys play that what? game. Um, I don't know how Bro. you guys enjoy that game. It's like pictures of puppies. What Grow is, up, guys. Come on. Grow what up. What's wrong with you? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> We're stopping. Pause. Pause. Taking one from the Lord's. <laughs> Don't you come in here talking all that nonsense about paparazzi. <laughs> Ethan, get him. Well, it's, it's a, it's, paparazzi it's a is an game. instant classic. The gameplay is How perfection. is it an instant? Uh, <laughs> 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 look, it's look. So 
it's a bit jank. All right. We, we can all come yeah. to an agreement that it's a bit jank. All right. But there's something so special about the gameplay loop in that. It just keeps you engaged and it's an easy 100%. So I love those. Easy two. 100%. Like yeah. three hours. <laughs> yeah. I dropped it after like 15 minutes. Um, what else did I play? Oh, yeah. Um, I got into Destiny, uh, you know, because like I had that entire prophecy in my head. I'm like, Sony's going to acquire them. Let me get let me get all I can get out of this game um on xbox so yeah i got into destiny a couple of my friends we started grinding it out uh, before witch queen comes out so yeah that's all i've been playing uh, are you liking destiny too it's 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 a fun game with friends that's that's all i can say it's pretty fun i played the listen man i played destiny one for like three thousand hours and i played mm -hmm. destiny two for like a decent amount i dropped it pretty quick like i did the campaign and I, uh -huh. I didn't like Destiny 2 compared to Destiny 1. I think they changed a lot of the stuff that kept me engaged. I, I hadn't and... really gotten into Destiny 1, so I can't really say much about mm -hmm. it. But yeah, we beat the main campaign. Uh, we're like halfway through the Beyond Light 1 uh, right at the moment. Uh, trying to get that done before the Witch Queen. And yeah, it's, it's a fun game. That's it's fun. Cool, cool. That's I the point not, of video games. Entertainment. did not expect you to start playing Destiny. Um <laughs> All right, guys. You did not expect me to predict the Sony buying Bungie either. <laughs> that that's also factual. Uh, I'm gonna head on over to Ethan, which I think is about to kickstart a, a big conversation. Yeah. But before we get into the big talking point, I want are there games you guys are playing that you want to talk about first? Because otherwise, I want to go into the the big conversation. I, um, I have I have some games. Okay. Yeah, you go, Tom. All right. So. I've been going. I wanted to finish a lot more of the games that I have like just started forever ago. Um, I don't think I was here last week, right? It was like it's been like two weeks now. So I finally beat Jedi Fallen Order. This is a game that I started. Wow. Yeah, I started this game well beyond like probably like six months ago, and I just stopped. It's just something I do with games. I get bored, and I'm just and eh, I had my fill. I'm not coming back to this. Decided to come back to it. Uh, Finished through the game. Uh, love the combat. I love the exploration factor of this. Like they really nailed like that Dark Souls interconnected worlds feel with it. But what I hated was the ending. And shortly after this, the story broke that you know like they're coming up with Jedi Fallen Order two. Pretty much, I was like, oh okay, please fix that ending. Like how are you gonna? This game's old enough, but I'm not gonna spoil it still. It's yeah, you're, you're, you're face of a big villain and you're like, cool, I get to fight this guy. And then, no, you just run away and then it's upsetting because you're like, you know, you're a big bad Jedi. You should be able to fight this guy. But, you know, showing the power differential between both characters, it actually has me a little hype for the next one to see what our boy Cal can pull out, uh, assuming that we even play as him the next one. Uh and besides that, and eh, maybe we'll see. Besides that, the only other game I've been playing is Far Cry 6. Mm. I finally beat this game after mm. such a long time. Uh, prior to this, I've only finished like one of the regions of the game, and I was like, okay, I had my fill of the game as well. Jump back in and actually finished the man came the, the campaign entirely, and the story of this game and the ending of this game was amazing and the ending was shocking like any other far cry game possible 
it's not as shocking as Far Cry 5 with you know, nuclear apocalypse type of deal. And, uh, you know, oh, it turns out the bad guy was actually right. Huh, who would have thunk it? Mm. But it was really good. And I don't want to say too much about it, but this game really drives like a whole revolution. Like you're part of it. Did <laughs> I, I skip? Like, yeah, you froze. Did you at least hear me? Uh, no, 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 I didn't. No, no. I, I, I mean, it was just like the last sentence, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal. Okay, well, just of it, love the game. Uh, Juan Carlos Esposito should have definitely won an award for the character. I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, now looking back 100%. at the VGAs, but yeah. Besides that, I got no additional game that besides the one we're going to talk about. Ethan, do you have any other games to talk about? Uh, I got to look at the name and read it. It is called Taiko no Tatsujin, the Drum Master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this one yeah. dropped on Game Pass, I think, a few days ago, maybe four days ago. Uh, and it's basically like an arcade-style drum game where you only need to use two buttons and you follow a bunch of music. It's a lot of anime music, uh, Bandai Namco property game music, like Tales of Arise battle music, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really, really fun. Uh, it's very addicting and it gets you sweating because you have to hold your controller funny and, and just quickly press buttons. So Why do you have to uh, hold your controller funny? Well, because like basically the only buttons you use are X and B on the controller. So I have it sideways holding it like this, just like pressing the buttons. That's There's interesting. Like no other gameplay but that. That's basically the gist of it. So, you just have to keep practicing. So, so uh, this is where I pull out the... Uh, trap card i played this game this morning really uh, yeah yeah downloaded it played it uh played the tales of rise battle music hell yeah you can use way more buttons than you that. can but it's like in reality you need to just find the two buttons that are your sweet spot it's interesting you go with x and b because i go with a and b because like i can yeah. just roll my thumb for exactly. me, That's like, what I did. It was too when far I do otherwise. X and B, I can have both thumbs on each button and I hold the controller sideways and I just sit there like I'm holding a joystick. Yeah, and but that, then for some reason that just works best. For but for me. the big ones, you gotta like hit both at the same time, you know? I don't even go for harder extreme difficulty. It's ridiculous. Oh, I'm <laughs> I, on normal. I, you get the big ones I on stick normal. to easy and normal. Hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I will say the Tales of Arise battle song is uh, is hard. <laughs> it's really, like, it's hard, but it's so nice hearing it. And then oh, yeah, once you get the beat down, it feels so good actually playing it. Yeah, yeah, it's super. I did not expect it to be as challenging because I got a I got a hundred percent on the um, I did the Dragon Ball Z uh, theme song, and I got a hundred percent on that one. I was like, ah, oh, normal's gonna be easy. And I go to uh, Tales of Arise, I'm like, this is hard. My thumb can't keep up with this yeah. right now. Try the Megalovania music. That no. one is absolutely oh insane. I've been able to beat normal, and I've tried hard probably five times on Megalovania. Not happening. I put what it I down. like what I like about this game too is it seems to be just handing me achievements for basically <laughs> nothing. You could go uh, into different options menus, and it just gives you a five point. Achievement. I know I got like three <laughs> achievements for just learning how to play the game. I was like, all right, yeah. thank you. I read nice. some text. Like I'm I'm down <laughs> with this, um, but. Apart from that, guys, we're going to talk about a game, and it is not an Xbox game. It's a Nintendo game, and it is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, And I believe that's how you say Arceus. I've heard other people say Arceus, and I'm pretty sure it's Arceus. Um, But I I 
we've been talking back and forth in the discord i want to discuss it in a little more detail for a little bit because we've all put a good amount into this game and all have kind of differing opinions on it so i'm gonna i'm gonna go first because i i did beat the game i beat the main story and i got as far as i'm going in the um end game because excuse me i got to the end game boss fight which is uh basically three steps it's like a trainer fight uh boss battle and then a second form boss battle and i was like this is ridiculous first of all because i get through the trainer battle and i got like three pokemon left alive and then they just i get murdered so i'm not grinding to beat this like i know i know what happens i know legit like okay i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna go with this and then i have to complete the pokedex to carry on like but my overall thoughts on this game is that i think it's a step in the right direction I think that they made a lot of improvements to the Pokemon formula overall. I just don't think they nailed it for me. I know everyone, like lots of people love this game. Me personally, I don't think that everything hits the way it should. I don't like catching multiples of the same Pokemon. I, I, I have never done that in a single game. I catch one and if I run to you again, I'm running away. Like, I, I'm not wasting my time catching you. I'm not wasting my time fighting you. And in this game, I feel like you have to catch them or you have to fight them or, like, you just have to do research challenges, which I think is what is kind of bringing down my enjoyment is that in order to get more stars, I have to complete research pages. And to do research pages, I have to do those specific tasks. Or, like, I know there's tons of them to do, but I don't want to do any of them is the problem. Like, I've caught that Pokemon. I don't want to interact with it anymore um like you're you're dead to me once i caught you once you're in my bank you're gone and i think the open world is great i I love this this is a fantastic addition i want them to keep this for every other pokemon and i will say i love the transversal in this game the riding on weird deer um the flying on braviary it's so cool to just run off a giant cliff, hit A, and then like turn into Braviary and just fly around the map. Like that is awesome. I think that's a really great addition. I'm down with that. The game for me, the last eight hours were the most enjoyable parts. The story goes off the rails. It gets really good. Like JRP, like for JRPG is Pokemon. Like it gets good. Uh, so I really enjoyed my last eight hours with it. I think the distortions is a cool thing where you you go in and you just get to hunt all these Pokemon randomly spawning and it let Porygon be in the game, um, which is which is dope because, you know, he's from the future. So the only thing I don't really like research tasks and I think the side quests are very poor. The side quests are basically just fetch quests like go get me this Pokemon or go get me the same Pokemon three different times because they have three different forms, which didn't know that Burmy, you can go screw yourself. I yeah. <laughs> hate you. You dumb Pokemon, my Lord. Um, what? A, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my overall thoughts. I think it's good. Not great. I don't really agree with the 85 Metacritic. Um, I think it would be a little lower for me, but I understand why people like this game. So, I'm going to open it up. Which one of you wants to go first and tell me why I'm wrong? I mean, I, I can go first because I think I probably have the most positive things to okay. say about this. 
Um, so I, I do want to start with what I don't like about the game so far, just because I like to end on good notes. Uh, first of all, graphics. I mean, it's pretty bland. Uh, the worldscape around you is really bland. And graphics are not, they're probably the lowest bar for me. Like, I don't necessarily care about graphics as long as there's good gameplay uh, and especially with Nintendo games I don't go into it looking for a crazy graphical experience um, and then also when it's docked when my switch is docked the game chugs I mean I'm getting uh, stick drift I'm getting button lag uh, and then I'm just getting general lag but luckily the majority of the time I play handheld I play handheld mostly on my switch so I, I have no issues playing handheld but it does chug a lot uh when it's docked kevin it looked like you wanted to jump in there i was i was gonna i'll say it's the stick drift because it's docked because i've i've noticed that as well that my my character walks on his own yeah and the popping and frame rate in this game is rough especially the fifth boss oh my god guys it drops to like 32 fps probably yeah, you it's like really dodge. bad when it's docked. And I think I've I put about 20 hours into the game, probably three of it being docked. Um, so once after that, after I played it for a few hours docked, I was like, yeah, I'll just stick to playing handheld, which I didn't mind. Uh, so that's really the only thing bad that I have to say about this game. Um, I think to start off, what I love about this game is um, just the battle flow. Uh, you know, in traditional Pokemon games, you get into the battle, you have to go through text, you have to wait until the animations are done, blah, 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 blah. And it, and then if, if, if you want to run away, you have to wait until the text and the animations and all blah, 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 blah. And when you're grinding at a Pokemon game and you have to catch 100, 150 Pokemon in some traditional Pokemon games up to 600 something Pokemon, uh, that can be an absolute drag. Having to go through the grass and constantly battle. I love how in this game you can control when the battles are going to happen, you can control when you're going to throw your Pokeball. You can actually use tactics and try and get behind Pokemon to catch them off guard. Um, and then also when you're in a battle, you can just actually run away. Like You don't have to wait to hit run. You can just be like, yeah, I'm done with this and <laughs> start running away, uh, which I mean, it just makes the game flow so much better. Um, that's that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I like this one over the traditional Pokemons. Um, and then for the Pokedex uh, argument, I'm completely the opposite of you kevin uh i absolutely love the way this pokedex is set up i found it boring in the past you know just catch one pokemon and boom you're done um i like how this pokedex kind of forces you to experiment with the pokemon use different move types actually fight with them so that you can evolve them um and actually use it it makes you feel like you're actually a pokemon researcher out there and doing something real to actually get your pokedex upgraded um so i really enjoy that it can be difficult at times i do agree with what you guys were saying in the discord a couple days ago how it can get really tedious if like for for one of my pokemon you need a certain move but i have to level it up five more times so i just go mm -hmm. out and i catch 25 of them just to force the pokedex entry that can get a little grindy but uh ultimately i absolutely love it that's what i've been focusing on mostly is doing pokedex entries i haven't left the second area um, and then just the fact that it's so different from the norm. I mean, uh, Pokemon games to me have been stale for a very, very long time. It's about time they, they kind of changed up the formula. Game Freak, I think, did a really good job for what they have. I mean, they've never worked on a game like this before. They've never done an open world, and they pretty much stuck to a formula for decades. 
Um, so I'm, I'm really happy with the product that we have. Um, and, you know, you look back at all the Pokemon games that broke from the formula and they were very successful. You look at Red Rescue Team, Blue Rescue Team. You look at Pokemon Go. I didn't I didn't like Pokemon Go, but I know a tons dungeon. of people did. What's that? Mystery Dungeon. Mystery Dungeon. I, anything that differentiates from the norm for me, I absolutely enjoy. Not to say that I don't like normal Pokemon games, but I, I, I like it when they change things up. Uh, but overall, um, I absolutely adore this game. I would put it in my top three Pokemon games of all time, um, along with Leaf Green and uh, Blue Rescue Team. Those were the, oh. my other two favorite Pokemon games of all time. But yeah, this is uh, I, I haven't been this enraptured by a Pokemon game in probably since the Nintendo DS era. I've never put this amount of time into a Pokemon game, so I'm thoroughly enjoying this. I, I do like the the battle the the battle system. I think that was something I missed. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because being able to like stealth, even though I think some Pokemon see you way too easily, I think that's a little oh, yeah. The Abras, yeah, how it's they'll a, just it's teleport a, it's a away. Bit much, but uh, Tom, I'm gonna I'm gonna get your thoughts. I'm just gonna read the the chat real quick because Mayday Bomber says for me, this might be one of if not the best Pokemon experiences I've ever had. And then he said, and this one might appeal to you, Tom. So the Pokedex entry actually has two forms, a level 10 and a perfect page, both double shiny odds, which are really why I love doing them. So, Tom, I'm going to go to you. I know you like hunting some shinies, but what are your thoughts about Pokemon Arceus? Uh, the game's great. I, the only complaint I have is literally just comparing the graphics to other games that are similar to it on the Switch. Besides mm -hmm. that, I love everything about the game. The catching system, I love the Pokedex system, uh, the researching aspect from it. It shouldn't, and I feel like this poke this game only has about 220 Pokemon. It, they shouldn't make it that easy for you to complete whatever the Pokedex is in the game. Because normally the reward after you get all that is, you know, you're going to get a, a, a shiny charm, which helps you gather shiny Pokemons. And that's something that I love doing and that a lot of other Pokemon fans love doing. Uh, the combat in this game, I also love it a whole lot. And I, I really wish that they had some sort of PvP in this game because I really want to see how these new agility systems and the new strong system would impact the actual competitive scene of Pokemon, which is something that I've delved into a lot. For example, on Sword and, Sword and Shield, Alpha Sapphire, X and Y, I played heavily competitive Pokemon over there. And it's actually a thing. It's stupid, ridiculous. But yeah, I, I love the traversal in this game, the, the all the all amounts that they have in this game. And just like the overall feel of the world, it's not a full open world, but it's all interconnected, but it works so well. Uh, this is definitely my highlight of the year so far. Best Pokemon game I've played in probably, you know, 15 years plus. It's just a perfect game. And I want to say that Sword and Shield like their user scores on meta credits like about a 4. This mm -hmm. game's this game has like an 8 right now. So it's like the vast majority of players love this game and for good reason. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I completely understand why people love it. Uh it's just it doesn't hit for me and I kind of get the feel like maybe I'm just not in love with Pokémon as I used to be. Like the nostalgia isn't getting me like it's getting me through, but it's not it's not the driving factor. I, I know, like my brother, love he's way bigger Pokemon fan than me, um, and he he, he loves it. Um, Made a bummer. Actually, my only complaint is that Slowpoke isn't in the game because <laughs> he's trash. 
Ooh, <laughs> I, I'd be careful saying that. Uh, but I will. I will say the the selection of Pokemon in this game is very poor. That's another. That's another criticism I have of the eight hundred whatever Pokemon there are now. Uh, I think they chose some of the worst ones to to keep in this game. And I guess the Sinnoh region, and maybe this is my first time in the Sinnoh region, so I don't have any like nostalgia for any of these Pokemon. But uh, where's my Kang? Where's my Kangaskhan? Where's my? Um, I like the big fat Pokemon. Okay, like where's? Hey, where's they gave my... you Snorlax. <laughs> He's literally the only. I got Snorlax, and then like I was like, all right, time to start building my team. And then no, no one else I cared about for the rest of the game. There's, there's not here. Well, Lickitung on... is the only one I actually care about. He's, he's there, yeah. but. Based on like I... data mines information, though, it seems like there's gonna be an expansion eventually. Uh, just like the last game. So, you know, those Pokemons that you like, they might, you know, struggle on it eventually. Add a new region, yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell the game before <laughs> before that happens. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I thought you buy digital. Whoa, not for oh. Switch. No, no, oh. you gotta be consistent. No, no, <laughs> he's a fraud. He's no. not all digital. All <laughs> digital for PlayStation and Xbox. No. Switch games. One, I'm you can't count on Nintendo for backwards compatibility going forward. So That's there's no true. point in buying digital because when their next console comes out, it's probably just going in the trash. But two, Switch games retain their value like no other games in the world. So I bought this for $60. I'm going to sell this bad boy for like $55 and just go finance triangle strategy. And then I'm going to beat that and sell that for $55 <laughs> and go get Kirby. All right. So this is how you play Switch games. I, I buy <laughs> one game ever and then I finance the next one with it. That's funny. So, that's I, I do want to make a prediction real quick. Hmm. If Breath of the Wild 2 doesn't come out this year, and I don't think it will, this will be Nintendo's representation as a nominee for the uh, Game of the Year award. No, Kirby. I think Kirby would definitely be this one. No, I, I don't think... I, I mean, I think Kirby's going to be a good game, but it just doesn't have the name recognition of Pokemon. And, and you uh -huh. know, Pokemon is a flagship franchise of nintendo yeah you can argue argue kirby might be but kirby is definitely second tier to things like pokemon and zelda and mario mm -hmm. so sure, I, I i fully believe this will be uh nintendo's uh nominee for game of the year like metroid dread was last year yeah like metroid yeah. dread was last, and that and it had no chance of winning and this will have no chance of winning <laughs> <laughs> against whatever it's up against but you got to have a nintendo title up there Starfield, yeah, one, uh, one other thing I noticed about this game is that they completely messed up Arcanine's design. No, he looks dope, man. No, it looks, it cool. looks terrible. Come on. Arcanine was so cool. They did not need to change him. Yeah, so like, the design Pokemon choices are the Pokemon. So Luxray, Arcanine, they're my favorite Pokemon, but come on. Yo, I, if there's one Pokemon I hate in this game is Lux Luxray. I Luxray. hate this Pokemon. He is <laughs> why he looks so cool. He's so annoying. Leave me alone, you stupid <laughs> Pokemon. My god. They attack you uh, no matter what. I hate it. Yeah, he's so annoying. Uh I got these dope cards with my pre-order. I don't know if you probably can't see them, but I'm keeping these. When I resell, I'm not I'm not giving those <laughs> yeah. back. So I'm I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna sell it. You gotta be consistent, pre Kevin. Come on. Gudra is, on the entire package. <laughs> Gudra is ugly AF. Yes, he is. He's <laughs> disgusting. Oh. Oh. All right, guys. Uh, we done talking about Pokemon? We think we got a show here to do. 
Yeah. We, we, we talk about podcast. Xbox at some point, but we're yeah. not going to talk about <laughs> Xbox. <next. laughs> yeah, well, time to go talk about anything but Xbox on our Xbox podcast. Uh, but it's time for a segue. So have a seat while I grab some books from the library and tell you this week's stories. So, guys, story number one. PlayStation is acquiring Bungie. I'm pulling from the PlayStation blog where President and CEO Jim Ryan states, quote, Today I'm happy to announce Bungie will be joining the PlayStation family. First off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. As such, we believe it makes sense for it to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organizations, and we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaboration between these two world-class groups. Bungie, the once-owned Xbox studio who created Halo, split from Microsoft in 2007 and has gone on to create Destiny. Bungie, who had a publishing agreement with Activision and who fought to gain their freedom from said agreement in 2019, is obviously reluctant to be owned again because within this agreement, Bungie states they will continue to operate independently, maintaining the ability to self-publish and reach players wherever they choose. I have a little more, but I want to get your guys' initial reaction to this deal. Obviously, again, I... I I beat Tom by like a millisecond, I think, to posting this in the Discord where I was like, guys, they bought they bought Bungie. Um, but I'm, I'm going to throw it over to you, Amon, since you couldn't participate in the Pokemon discussion. What was your initial reaction? That's all I want right now. I was like, bro, my tweet came true. Like, that was my initial reaction. See, every time there's been a major acquisition, I was taking a nap. The Bethesda acquisition, I was taking a nap. The Activision acquisition, I was taking a nap. And this one again, like literally, I've been sleeping the entire time. But yeah, as soon as I woke up, I checked the Discord. My Twitter's blowing up. My friends are sending me posts on Instagram. I'm like, what's going on? And like PlayStation bought Destiny. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I just, yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah, my, I'm a prophet. My prophecy came true. That's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, Ethan, initial reaction. I, I mean, yeah, it, it was surprising. Uh, it was interesting. Um, it, I, I, it definitely didn't have the visceral reaction that I had whenever Activision got bought. I looked at the news article. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And kind of went, went on my day and started doing some research on it. So um, not ground shaking, but um, initially I thought, yeah, this is this makes sense for Sony. And uh, I, I have a theory of where they're going with this. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. Tom, what was your initial reaction, thoughts about the uh, acquisition? I thought it was the worst mistake that Bungie could have done. Wow. Okay. He's coming yes. in hot. So just because like the fact that they left Activision Blizzard because, you know, of reasons and they didn't like the direction they were being forced to take into the community really started loving what they started pushing out with Destiny 2 when they did become independent. And now they're going to go back again under a rule of someone else. I'm not, it's not, I'm not upset that Sony got them. You know, I understand why Sony would want them, mm -hmm. but it's Bungie itself was doing such a good job on their own. And they, I feel like they could have became this bigger powerhouse on their own. And the fact that, you know, they're not even going to do multi-platform games. Uh, to me, this just seems like a, you know, a worthless deal completely. Well, uh, we're going to touch on that, the, the point you just brought up about multi-platform and, and whether we think this is a good deal or not. Um, my initial reaction was surprised uh, because of all the 
all the studios, publishers, I thought Sony was going to go after. Bungie wasn't on my list just because of their deep history with Microsoft, I think. And it kind of did take me aback a minute. Like they made Halo. Like how how can you go over to PlayStation? You made Halo. And then like afterwards, I'm like, okay, but they don't have Halo anymore, despite what some people on Twitter seem to think. <laughs> There's, there was one dude literally making fake uh, pre-order ads for Master Chief Collection on PlayStation 5, being like, the pre-order's up. And I was like, you, people have way too much time on their hands. So ridiculous. This, this is nonsense. Um, so my, yeah, my initial reaction was a little like, I felt it in the in the gut. I'm like, it's a little awkward for me. But um, Tom, you brought up the, the multi-platform mention that they've discussed. I want to I wanna just finish reading this, and then we're going to discuss a few talking points. So in an interview with GameIndustry.biz, Jim Ryan says, quote, Destiny 2 and future Bungie games will continue to be published on other platforms, including rival consoles. And stressing that platform's interest in this deal stems in its ability to expand PlayStation's live service offerings. And it makes sense from the Bungie perspective as it offers them, quote, the ability to accelerate its own plans, which includes the prospect of taking its IP to new entertainment mediums such as TV and film. So, guys, I want to know, do we believe Jim Ryan and Bungie with this multi-platform? Everything's going to stay multi-platform. Xbox is still going to get everything. You're pretty going to be unaffected by this deal. What do you think, Ethan? Well, when we talk about multi-platform, we could also be talking about PC and PlayStation. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, as with any of these announcements from corporations or people like Jim Ryan or Phil Spencer, there's some things you have to decipher here. Uh, specific language, you know, that's being used and saying multi-platform doesn't necessarily mean Xbox. Um, uh, while Bungie, Bungie does retain its complete independence on where it wants to publish it game, its games, though which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, I think that was more Bungie's end. Uh, they probably looked at their history and said, you know, there was a time where we were with another big corporation and we were saddled working on the same project over and over and over again. And that's why we wanted independence was so that we could spread our wings and make the games that we want to make. We didn't want to be shoehorned into being the Halo studio for the rest of our, our lives. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think that probably factored into the decision to keep them independent sony probably approached them or they approached sony and said hey we're up for sale you want to buy us but we're not going to make it just for sony and and you guys aren't going to tell us what we make mm -hmm. um to your point about um with the live service games um that's definitely an area where sony is lacking um and you know i have a whole theory about how this is going to factor into how they market spartacus um because do do you want me to get into it now? Because it might be a bit, or do um, you have some other things to talk about? No, you could keep. I'm I'm gonna go around the room, ask everyone, you know, yeah. what what they think about this deal in more depth about the the multi platform yeah. TV, what you know, live service stuff. So if you want, you, you can have your time right now, and then we're we're gonna keep going. Yeah. So while Bungie may very well continue to make games for Xbox, um, I think any of its live service games in the future or maybe first person shooter multiplayer experiences they are going to be attached to this spartacus subscription i do not see sony ever releasing 
its uh, first party IPs like God of War, like Horizon, like Spider-Man on whatever subscription service they have day and date. I don't see them doing that. So I think what they're going to try and do is turn Spartacus into a platform where you can go into live service games and multiplayer games like that. And that's how they're going to sell it along with a backlog of old games and putting their first party games on there after X amount of months or something like that. Um, you know, and, and this does round out their portfolio of what they can do and not, they're not just buying destiny. They're not just buying the new IP Bungie is working on. They're, they're buying the knowledge of this development studio on how to run a proper live service game and how to make first person shooters. That is Mm -hmm. Bungie's bread and butter is live service and first person shooters. So, uh, this is a targeted acquisition. I think Sony understands they can't, uh, stack up against Microsoft when it comes to doing brute force acquisitions like they've been doing. They cannot drop the amount. Of, and I know Aman sent something in the Discord about how they had $10 billion allocated to acquisitions. And I think they're going to use that $10 billion to really do pinpoint buys of studios that can kind of fill out their portfolio. Uh, so this is definitely continuing with that trend. Uh, but yeah, that's what I think they're going to do with this. I don't think it's going to change really for us. But you know how there's so many games coming to Game Pass where we can just download it day one and people on PlayStation have to mm-hmm. have to buy it. Uh, I think it's going to be the opposite with some of the live service games and first person shooters moving forward as they acquire more studios like that. Interesting. Okay. Um, I don't like the idea of their games being tied to Spartacus because that still doesn't make it a interesting proposition for me. Like I still not gonna it's it's, for me. It's not just going to be Bungie. Obviously I I think they're, they would tie some of Bungie's IPs. It's going to be whatever they buy in the future. And I think you're going to see MMOs go to the Spartacus service. You're going to see games like sea of thieves or like grounded that are constantly being upgraded and updated on their uh, live service games, multiplayer heavy games, like maybe battlefield, you know, stuff like that. I don't think battlefield would do that. Uh, but that that's kind of the general direction I think they might take that because they they're not going to go through with releasing first party games on it day and date. And because of that, they're not going to be able to market this uh, against Game Pass and try and say that it's a better value. So they need a different avenue to go down. And this to me is the only logical choice is games. You can create a library of games that you can jump into that are constantly evolving and changing because they're live service or multiplayer community driven games. Um, and you can just jump in and out of a bunch of different games. And that's what Spartacus will give you along with the backlog of whatever they have for backwards compatibility and uh, future, you know, first party releases down the line. Interesting. Tom, I'm going to throw it over to you. You've been, you've been looking like you've been thinking hard, wanting to say <laughs> something. So you can respond to Ethan. Uh, give me your general thoughts, multi-platform TV, any of that, any of those comments. So, so regarding the multi-platform, I do believe that they'll actually stick to releasing it on all platforms, including Xbox. I, I really feel like well, Sony's like lining themselves up to, you know, give themselves a big, a better edge and a way out if necessary. If they, I, this is a conspiracy now. Like I'm going to do what Garrett does. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> like if they, if they're able to build up, you know, uh Bungie studio and whatever else studios they acquire, to really show themselves as are, these are the live service games we're going to start managing and we're going to start pushing out. If for some reason ever, oh, he froze again. Does Sony place it? I froze again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it, right, I, I, I saw it. Yeah. Podcasting so for some reason, online. <laughs> it's, for some reason, like the Sony PlayStation, like you know, ceased to become like 
super profitable for them and like let's say xbox really takes off this can easily be like all right this is our backup plan we set up a good alignment here to you know really get a good backing and probably become like the next epic games which is worth billions of dollars and they do really good live service games of like fortnite for example and i think it'd be smart i don't think putting all your eggs in one basket is you know the best thing to do so sony expanding outward and you know, still reaching the audiences they they need to, uh, I think it's a smart approach. Okay, so you you would you say this is a good deal? No, I think three billions are way too much for it. But uh, ignoring the, <laughs> the money, ignoring the money part, I think for what it's a good deal for Bungie. Okay, it's a good deal okay. for Bungie. Uh, Aman, what do you what are your thoughts uh, on everything? Um, I think Destiny, they're going to continue to support Destiny on Xbox and um, PC and all of that. But I think their new IP, which I, which I believe is called Matter, I think PlayStation is going to try and lock that down to their service. Again, they, they, um, Jim Ryan did say that they want like at least 10 live service games out by 2026. And I think that is one of them. Uh, and I think he will benefit with um, a few of them being um, you know, exclusive to Xbox. I think similar to the Beth Bethesda deal. Um, previous games are still going to be supported on other consoles, and uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Destiny, Destiny will be supported while their new IP and whatever they're working on in the future will pretty much be exclusive to PlayStation and um, Spartacus, we could say. And, and PC? Yeah, PC. Uh, yeah, they'll definitely be on PC. PC mm -hmm. is a large chunk of Destiny's audience, I would say. Hmm. 10 from... Z <laughs> 10 from zero in four years. So a bunch of <laughs> anthems, says Maynard Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that is that is something I saw, and I heard um, the trophy room talking about it. 10 live service games in the next four years they, they want to get out, which that is a lot uh, across all, you know, not just Bungie, um, but at PlayStation Studios. Obviously, those are some independent, some contractual developers making those, but what do you need 10 live service games for in four years is, is my first thought with that. I do think my, my take is pretty similar to you guys is I think when you start to look at this acquisition, it makes a lot of sense for Sony because obviously they didn't know about the Activision blizzard deal when they, this deal has been in the making longer from, from our understanding, this deal has been working on like five, six months. Activision then was like November. So this deal's been happening longer. It was going to happen no matter what. It's not a response no matter if you see people spouting that nonsense. It, it, it wasn't. But I think it makes sense for Sony because they need a shooter identified with their box. Um, and they, they'll have that in Destiny. And if they are going into expanding their multiplayer offerings with these live service games, which I'd rather them just make good multiplayer games. I, I'm not a big live service fan. Um, plus they have Genshin Impact. Isn't that enough? That's a huge live service game. But uh, I I would like to see them not do 10. I think that's a bit extreme, especially because live service games require players to continuously be playing and nobody's going to have time to manage 10 games all at the same time. It's just not possible. Maybe it's one of those make 10 and then you fire them all out and one of them has to hit. That might be a, a shotgun approach where they're just like, we're not sure which one our audience is going to resonate with, 
but I would still rather see them make something focused. Uh, like Last of Us Factions. That's clearly going to be a live service game now, right? Yeah. Like, I, I I think we can all get behind that. But I said this on Boom Show. I don't think this deal is that great for Sony. I think they could have just made like a publishing deal or some sort of contractual obligation with Bungie, like give them money. Because essentially what they're doing is, hey, you're part of the PlayStation family, but you're not really part of the PlayStation family because here's the family and then we're putting you over here and you're going to sit here and do your own thing and the rest of our studios are going to do their own thing, but we're going to give you a bunch of money. So doesn't really help Sony that much. They could have just paid for these games. I think this is a great deal for Bungie. And I, like I said, on Boom Show, Bungie wants to make Destiny and their IP into films and movies. And Sony is giving them the opportunity to do that. They have a massive stake in the movie and film and TV industry. And there's this is going to fast track those plans. We're going to be seeing a Destiny TV show or movie or whatever else in the universe. They're going to connect it, try to promote the games on PlayStation. This kind of comes across as a marketing deal. So I think it's really good for Bungie. I don't think it's super good for PlayStation. I think they could have done a better deal, but I understand why they did it. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how good of a deal this is for Bungie. This is basically just Sony giving them three billion. Here's three billion you guys can use for whatever you want. You can utilize our publishing arm for your video games, and now you have a shoe into the movie slash film industry. I mean, that's absolutely insane to me. Uh, and then also crazy I'm, losing the chat. What's up, man? <laughs> it was it was also reported, uh, I think today uh, earlier today that um, they Sony paid one point two billion just to retain uh, most of the Bungie staff. So, yeah, again, that's 1.2 billion extra just to keep hold of, you know, the talent which, in the studio. Which my understanding, if you if you watch Hogue Law, um, he's a he's a good source for breaking down these sorts of legal acquisitions. He, he's a lawyer. Uh, he said that's pretty standard in these types of deals where they include a retention payment. So I know everyone's focusing on that, but that's a pretty standard thing. I I mean, the one thing he said that I want to point out is Bungie gets to remain independent. They get to operate. They still they keep a board of directors. They don't have to. I mean, I'm sure they have to answer to PlayStation, but they don't really have to. Like they get to do what they want and you don't get nobody gets that kind of deal. It's an absolutely ridiculous deal that you don't see other studios get. Yeah, and like at any moment, Bungie can just be like, you know what, this deal is done. I'm sure there's some contractual obligations in there, but after any of that time period is up, they could just meet up and say, yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're not going to work with you anymore. Sure, yeah. I mean, they've been burned twice already, right? Yeah. You're, you're telling me third time they're not going to put a, a prenup in there, I said? You know, a little, that's two, exactly two what it is. Marriages. It's a prenup. That's, that's, a great, that's a great analogy, yeah. Uh, Tom. Uh, you got you got more to say. You look like you're po pondering something over there. Well, just regarding like what you guys mentioned earlier about the ten uh, live service games, I agree. Like that's just so many, yeah. and I can't imagine what you can do. Like, uh, there's a lot of games that would benefit from like that live service format that you don't really need a lot. Like, they don't have a good shooting game, like you said. Now they have Destiny. I, mm -hmm. I don't say that's a really good, you know, first person shooter. Like in terms of in terms of like it being competitive. 
But if they make a live service game that's an actual first-person shooter and they keep supporting it years down the line, I don't see a reason. I don't see like why that would be a bad thing, especially when I think, you know, Call of Duty's approach should have been live service like five years ago, for example. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know if, it, if it'll actually hit. Tens a lot. So a lot of the quality of these games are probably going to be bad if you're going to try to release them within the next, what you said, six, seven years? Uh, f- Four or five. Four, that's, 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 how are you going to do that? That The quality bar has to be extremely low at that point. Well, and that kind of goes to what I was saying, where I think that's how they're going to market Spartacus is you're going to throw out 10 different live service games or multiplayer games, whatever it may be, MMOs. And you're going to say to people, pay 15 bucks a month and you can pick and choose which one of these to play. You can play all 10 of them if you want. Not many gamers are going to do that, but you're going to give people the option. And because they're live service, you're always going to get news updates from the PlayStation app or whatever. Hey, we just did an update on this game. Jump in and you're going to jump into it. Do whatever they added into that game. And then you're going to come out. And by the time you're done with that, one of the other live service games are going to be releasing some new content. That That's why I think they're going to be attaching these to Spartacus because Nobody's going to buy 10 separate live service games. Hell, nobody's going to really buy three, you know, because it's just it's too much money and it's too much to manage. But if you have it all in one place where you can just click on the app and go, which one of these live service games do I want to hop into? Oh, this one I haven't played in a year or so. It has a bunch of new content. I'm going to do that. That sort of thing. I just my feeling about that is it kind of makes sense because we know the subscriptions going to be tied to PlayStation Plus, right? I, the leaked one I was we were going to talk about on Boom Show, then this dropped. It is it's, it's called apparently like PlayStation Infinite is apparently the rumored leaked document. And from the leaked, it didn't look great. It looked very, very bad. Uh, something I would not want to subscribe to. If they throw this these live service games in there, I still don't think that is enough of an offering for most players to want to play. If they wanted a live service game, they have a super successful one on their platform already, like I mentioned, in Genshin Impact. That is a console exclusive to PlayStation. You can play it on PC and mobile, but console-wise, it is exclusive to PlayStation. If you're going to acquire someone that has a super successful live service game, why don't you just go buy MiHoYo? Like, is that not on the table? I understand there are they Chinese don't have the money to buy MiHoYo, though. I you think they, they definitely have the money to buy MiHoYo. There's no way. I mean, oh, and Final Fantasy 14, Mayday yeah. Bomber says they have two very successful live service games. Then, like, I just don't get what their their thinking is. They have exclusivity. They're getting all the split revenue when people buy those games, even though Genshin's free to play. But most live service games are free to play anyway, right? So, what is the what would be the point, as you said, in putting them with a subscription service because I, they, they could already be free to play. Yeah. I think it's just like exposure. I mean, the ease of access of being able to go on an app and see a list of games that you can jump into, you know, because I mean, most people, if they, if they're not part of a live service community, they're probably never going to be a part of that live service community. Like it's very rare for a live service game to be going on for X amount of years and have a ton of new players. We saw Sea of Thieves do it, but that's because they had, you know, a huge crossover with Disney. You know, you have to do something astronomical like that to bring in new players when you're five years old or four years old, you know, Mm -hmm. but if you put everything in one place and people can constantly be perusing that library, 
you're going to get a whole lot more exposure to all of these different games and people are going to be able to just say, oh, I'm going to jump into this one. Oh, I'm going to play this MMO for a while and people can get hooked that way. Uh, Aman, you've been, you've been keeping quiet over there. You got any more thoughts on the deal? Yeah, again, 10 games is a lot to release in four years. I mean, yeah, we know Naughty Dog is working on the uh, Lost of Us Factions game. Gorilla's working on a multiplayer game. But uh, I think by live service, they also might just mean like um, games with multiplayer modes that uh, that could be that could potentially count as one of the 10 live service games. But yeah, 10 in four years, that's a crazy amount. I don't think they're actually going to do that. Do we, do we really I think they're going to do 10 live service games in four no, years? No, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I can't even name like 10. I can't even name their, 10 live service games it, right it now. It might just be integrated into their um, what's it called? Um, Single player games, you know, like um, the next Uncharted might have Maybe. like a li live service, like in multiplayer mode, like how Uncharted 2 did. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I kind of have a crazy theory a and I just want to throw this out here. Oh, what if God. Sony turns into goes to the dark side and becomes a bad guy and starts talking about a metaverse type deal? No, with no. a bunch of live service games. I, mean, <laughs> I know that's probably not uh, what's going to happen. But... Haven't you seen the stock price drop like crazy, apparently, for the metaverse stuff? Yeah, it's bad. It's not the future of video games. You know, <laughs> neither are NFTs. But, I mean, we've seen companies just ignorantly continue to push this narrative, and they get canceled every time. Is Sony going to make that same mistake saying, we're going to do a metaverse because all these live service games are with us now, and it's all connected? I, I don't know. That's just a random theory. I Hopefully not. Up. I want them to be successful as much as they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think Amon brought up a good point that these could just be multiplayer modes inside single player games. I think right. I, I wasn't thinking about that. I think that is probably a more realistic route that they will take because um, then they get to sell their $70 single player game. And if you want more, you can play the live service multiplayer aspect of it. So, But would you consider that live service? Like we don't consider Halo Infinite multiplayer live service, even though it's yes, yeah. For sure. Yeah, we do. For sure I mean, we do, yeah. How, it, how is it any different than, let's say, the multiplayer in Halo Reach? I mean, is, I, well, that's a live service game, too. You get cosmetic? Mm, I don't know. So I don't think, I wouldn't say that either. So I, I, for me, live service is just something that I feel like it has to be something that's progressively updating for years and years. Yeah, so Halo, Halo Infinite, Infinite it's going to. Exactly, that's their yeah. roadmap. They yeah, Halo Infinite does have year. that 10-year plan, yeah. Yeah, Halo reaches. I wouldn't even consider that. It's like if they do a live service game, it's because they're going to continue to support this one game for five years, six years down the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then it's it's interesting to kind of decipher the language here because there was a time where we considered that just DLCs. I mean, Bethesda would release probably around six, seven DLCs for years after one of their major games came out. We never considered them live service, even though they were constantly updating and releasing new content. But so that wasn't like, like cosmetic right. stuff and PvP stuff, was it? And it also was like it's generally free updates that come yeah. with over style. Okay, yeah, like yeah, free updates that, that are just upgrading think, the game. That I makes think sense. The difference between DLC is you you pay for it, like you choose live services, like you're going to get it no matter what, and it's going to change your gameplay experience. It's going so to do you, change. Do you guys think game. that's kind of the future of this is we're not going to see DLCs anymore. That's not going to really be a thing like a $5 add-on and we're just going to start seeing free updates on every game like that. Uh, that would be interesting. Both. I think we're seeing both because people are like look at Halo, look at that sh DLC shop and then they're yeah. still going to give us free updates. So I think they want to keep you engaged with the free content but then also have the ability to make more money with DLC trans microtransactions. Right. 
that's that's where i'm at again that yeah, could like also be now. a way of to market spartacus and game pass they can be like oh if you have game pass or spartacus you get the dlc for free but if you don't you have to pay for them yeah, we've already seen we've already seen Game Pass yeah. do stuff like that. Like you get free exactly. cosmetics in Halo if you have a Game Pass Ultimate. So I don't I don't think that's a, a wild take. I think Spartacus would be dumb not to do something like that. So um I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we need to talk about regarding this deal? I think <laughs> hey, Mini Bomber. Hey Kevin. Just go back to the buy me hoyo comment. Genshin alone just on mobile iOS. And Android made around 2.1 billion. That excludes PlayStation and PC revenue. Okay, but they can get more money. They can get the money. They can go to a bank. They can finance it. They can get a stock option. Like if they wanted to buy MiHoYo, I fully confident they could. It would just cost billions upon billions, like probably 30 billion dollars. Like it would be a major, major transaction. I'm just throwing 30 out there. I don't know if it would actually be 30, but it'd be a lot of money. It'd Another interesting thing about possibly a Mahoyo acquisition. I mean, have we seen any developers or publishers like Sony or Xbox buy a Chinese video game development company before? I don't even know how their legal system is set up. Do they allow their native companies to be sold to foreign companies like that? Don't worry. Tencent will buy them. <laughs> yeah. Tencent will eventually. <laughs> yeah, say Tencent probably owns most of them. I think mihoyo isn't in mainland china i think they're in it's in uh... shanghai oh are they okay. yeah four thousand employees based out of shanghai one location mm. uh i don't know then the chinese government probably uh, wouldn't wouldn't like that very much uh i know we always talk about like japanese companies and how hard it is to buy them and that's because they were afraid of chinese companies going in and buying the japanese companies. so like they right. put a bunch of regulations in place there it's less about american companies and more about the chinese companies which is is good i i think i don't i don't want 10 cent to be buying up sega and everyone no um so obviously this has kind of kicked off a arms race some people are calling it um yeah i, I think, would say that i think i said this abusho consolidation is going to continue to happen and we just need to accept it um if you are worried about losing access you have to buy every console i'm i'm sorry it's just like it is what it is it's been this way for years i understand like you haven't maybe had to in the past but you know you could play a dreamcast in the past and now you know sega doesn't yeah and that's what i was or. that's what i was gonna say i was gonna bring up the dreamcast as an example of the, the way we play video games and the way video games companies work it's constantly evolving all of these studios that are being acquired by either microsoft or sony i mean it's that doesn't mean they're going to be there forever i mean bungie is a great example of a company that it was a founding company of xbox it created halo it was it was like when we think of old time xbox we think of bungie and mm -hmm. they just said one day you know what we want to be independent and they voted and they left i mean that thing can happen with activision 10 years down the road they can say you know what we want to go back to what we were doing which hopefully they don't go back to what they were doing <laughs> hopefully they do something different but all those things can happen things can change very quickly so aman wanted to end this discussion by just having us each guess who PlayStation would acquire next, but I also want to add in who we think Xbox is going to acquire next. Just there are rumors, and I have, I have, I think, I think Xbox is going to be someone smaller. 
Um, if it's this year, 100%, it's going to be a, 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 a just a studio. It's not going to be a publisher. They can't bring more eyes to the Activision deal. It's already being reviewed, which is standard procedure, everyone. Calm down. I see a lot of people. It's getting canceled. Call of Duty saved. Like, relax. It's very common for these deals to get reviewed. But if PlayStation is going to buy a publisher, it's Square Enix. I fully confident that if they buy Square a Enix publisher, or Capcom. Yeah. Yep. Those are the only two publishers I could see PlayStation going for. Um I don't think they will. I think they're going to go back to smaller targeted studios like Ethan was saying. And I think Xbox is going for, for studios as well. I don't, I'm going to throw this name out here. What about mm-hmm. Annapurna? It's, Annapurna is a premier indie developer and they make some incredible video games. They do. They do. Them and... Um, I think... Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Them and Devolver Digital are probably mm-hmm. the two indie game developers that I hope do not get acquired. We... Yeah. It's it's one thing to acquire these triple A's, but you need to let the indie scene grow on its own because in in but, twenty years, Annapurna could be at the level of Activision. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what yeah, you're saying like, because you oh, go ahead, Amon. Yeah, let him. Let him, yeah, let him uh, but like, won't they get more funding to make better indie games? You know. Well, I know Devolver Digital doesn't want that. They very much make fun of all this uh i think they tweeted like devolver digitals acquired a burrito for 99 cents or something like i mean they're... money talks they could somebody could just true. chuck like 40 billion on to them and be like oh we want to acquire you well so, you go ahead tom i think sony has a chance of maybe acquiring konami hmm. yes that's what i was so, gonna say I honestly, <laughs> yeah, so well just for the ips alone really yeah. they do have a development structure behind them and they can really use the help. Uh, besides, I don't think they'll actually buy Square. I really feel like either Square is going to stay independent or Xbox down the line is going to buy them themselves. Even though they have deals with Sony right now, just because, uh, you know, they're probably already both on the table throwing deals deals out there. If Sony only has $10, million, uh, 10 billion in uh, negotiating money, you know, Microsoft has more, you know, more money to throw around. And there's no way that no one's talking to Square right now. They know there's talks. Like, both companies know that Square is, like, targeted right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you could say that for most companies. Like, you saw the, the stock prices shoot through the roof of all these other publishers. Yeah. So, it's, it's kind of like, who's next? And both have said, this isn't the end. So, we know there's going to be more. I just think right now, it's studios are more likely than publishers just because they don't want to stir any more government feathers but i doubt this is the last publisher we see acquired from either either of them and i think sony is kind of setting a precedent here where they're saying they're not going to take um take games away whether that happens remains to be seen they can obviously change their mind or be like we meant pc but like if they set the precedent that if they buy these publishers and then they keep games on Xbox, I think Xbox needs to do the same. I think it's only fair. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's fair, but I mean it's not for it's not good for business. That's the thing. It'd be bad for PR though. If you bad see... for PR, but I mean we thought buying Bethesda and making exclusive would be bad for PR, and it was for a little bit. But I mean I, I we're did. out of the weeds with that. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do want to quickly go back onto the indie acquisition and what you guys were talking about. Yes, I do agree that the indie scene needs to grow. 
by itself. What if we see a deal that's not unlike this Bungie deal where they maintain independence? I'm looking at Thunderful Group right now, one of the biggest indie publishing arms out made there. Made the gunk. Yeah, made the gunk. It made uh, a bunch of other. I don't. Well, they didn't they, make it. They did. They make they it. Or did they no, publish they published it. it. They published yeah. it. Replaced. Uh, is, I think they're publishing too. Yeah, and you know, Thunderful Group has been out there. They have you know their big showcase every year, showing off a bunch of indie games. I mean, I could see a, a cool ten billion dollar deal here, where you know either Microsoft or Sony goes in and says, "Hey, you guys can maintain independence. You're indie developers. We want to keep that actual indie scene. We don't want to turn you into AAA studios." You guys just keep making games and we'll use our publishing arm for you. So, you know, just something to think about. But will they sure. then be indie anymore? No. No. They're no longer indie. Technically, no. But if they maintain no. independence, I would still look at them as an indie publisher. I don't know. Not uh, too, much, too much financial backing. Yeah, I was going to say they got the financial backing of Microsoft. I think at that. I bet if... you those indie studios would welcome the billions. All right. Oh, no, for sure they would. No, no, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, indie. you can't say they're indie at that yeah. point. Yeah, like, I guess you couldn't. But... You know, we got we got actual indie studios, which, again, this is why I want Devolver and Annapurna to. Uh, they published amazing games if you're not familiar with their games guys you really need to check out the games they publish because they are my premiere like when i see those logos i'm like okay this game is probably quality and you can't yeah. say that about a lot of indie games yeah. like there is a lot of shovelware indie garbage out there yeah like paparazzi and oh my oh god man god. one more time you talk crap about paparazzi <laughs> That's going to be the next acquisition by Microsoft, Paparazzi. <laughs> uh, Sunday month is the studio. <laughs> I, uh, I think they made, did they make cat lateral damage? <laughs> it sounds like it's up their alley. Okay, yeah, I, I, I have say, another like, crazy acquisition um, who Sony might acquire next. I think Sony will go ahead and acquire Innersloth, the developers of Among Us. <laughs> that is a, that'd be a weird <laughs> acquisition. No, I think it would benefit Sony in a way, wouldn't it? Having Among Us exclusive on PlayStation. It definitely no, I mean, would, they would Xbox, not take so. it away. They would not take it away. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it would make quite a make them quite a lot of money, wouldn't it? I'm just saying, like, I wanna if you guys want to play some Among Us, I'm always down to play some Among Us. Oh god. Tom, Among Us is yo, great. It's fun. I've never played it before. I've made it through the <gasps> whole Among Us fan without ever playing it. And uh, I'm probably gonna keep it that way. Wait, never? Never, never, never touch oh, it. Oh my god, we gotta play Among Us with you. It's like <laughs> download it. It's like it's on Game Pass. It's like three hundred megabytes. All right, just like all right, you know what? This weekend we'll play some Among Us. Yes. Yeah, we should try to get some people for like Sunday night or something. Mm -hmm. Play some yeah. Among Us. Some community members come out. Yeah, I'd play after this podcast if we're being real. Like I, I'd play some Among Us tonight. No, no, but... I have to watch Peacekeeper, and I'm I got Boba Fett to watch right after this. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have fun okay. with Boba okay. Fett. Boba okay. Fett. Oh if... my god. Yo. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, I think I think Xbox's next acquisitions are gonna be either Sega or Bandai Namco. No, Sega's no. going to Xbox if Sega gets acquired for sure. Sega or Bandai Namco, uh, and PlayStation is either Square Enix or Capcom. Man, I, I don't know. Again, I, I point no. back to there's been talks about these companies buying these giant Jap Japanese studios, and it's never panned out. It, yeah, I, I, it's I hard mean, for me to believe. That they could just do it through Tango. X, my Xbox can just do it th through Tango. So Tango technically acquires 
No, um, <laughs> that's no, the most ridiculously I've ever heard of other. Uh, Crazy Lou, I understand you don't want Sega. I've I've seen you in Booms chat. We've we've talked about this, man. No, Everborn is right. I stand with Everborn. I told you this on Monday. Everborn Saga, him and me, I'm I'm with him. And Boom, we both we all agree. Sega. Uh, I want to see Dreamcast games on Game Pass. Let's get it. Ha- <laughs> let's make it happen. <laughs> Crazy Lou says, Amon, what's wrong with paparazzi? That's right. <laughs> Um, he says um, it's a terrible game here. that's why it is yeah, it's not a terrible game man. it's an indie game it's a little relaxing uh, Crazy Lou has also apparently never played Among Us so Lou download it on Game Pass when we all play you can play it'll be a great time we can all kill oh, yeah. each other and have fun um, <laughs> and I will I, um, you know, we'll get this again. together I'll tweet it out uh, Crazy Lou tweeted WB. Um, I don't think uh, WB will be acquired because I don't think they're interested in selling their studios. I think they're going to become more of a you know, licensure like how Lucasfilm games have become right now. They're going to license out the DC IP, the Lord of the Rings IP, uh, the Harry Potter IP out. And yeah, I think they're going to be become like more of a publisher like how, what Lucasfilm games is right now. <clears throat> We will no, but yeah, that would be my dream acquisition for Xbox. Uh, yeah, we know. We you know. want your Batmans. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, guys. Well, I think it's time to move away from this. I, uh, the short and sweet of it is this deal at the moment doesn't look like it'll affect Xbox very much. Um, so I'll move on to story number two, if that's all right with everyone, because we're an hour and 10 minutes into the podcast. So let's, uh, let's move it along here, you know? Uh, Story number two, Dying Light 2 reviews are out, currently sitting at a 74 to 78, depending on what platform you're looking at on Metacritic, and a 74 on OpenCritic. Dying Light 2 reviews have dropped, and the general consensus is that while the game is fun in terms of parkour and gameplay, it is a buggy mess with multiple reviewers reporting game-breaking bugs, an IGN reviewer losing 30 hours save files, and more. Other criticisms include a bland story and decisions not impacting the overall story world. Um, Amon, you have this for your fantasy draft, and you counterpicked Pokemon. So you're in the hole. I did not counterpick Pokemon, all right? You did it Bro. for me. No, no. The, the system. I was not there. This is we not left there. it up to the RNG Random gods. chance. Next time I'm gonna okay. Next time we're gonna leave it, and you're gonna counterpick Horizon Forbidden West, and then we'll <laughs> yeah, see that it. was okay, the I first. Think Horizon's one. gonna get a Metacritic of uh, 79. Okay. That is the most ridiculous thing yeah. I've ever heard in and, my and life. I do want to clarify something. After we told you what your counterpicks are in the Discord, you said, "Oh, those are actually pretty good." I remember you being positive about. Yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, changed yeah, them I, at well, any point. I expect Pokemon Arceus Legends to like do this. Nobody well. did. <laughs> you had <laughs> weeks to change all of this. You bring it upon yourself. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. Tom currently leading the uh, fantasy draft. Um, I'm still projected to win. I want to make that very clear. Um, well, I thought I was. No, you didn't click the advanced projection bu- button. Well, clearly, it doesn't matter because I know games more than the game media knows games. There you go. Yeah, because <laughs> you got Pokemon right. Yes, which I believe we. I believe game we all. Media right now, aren't, I believe aren't we? we all said during during the draft that game's either going to flop or be a banger. Yeah. <laughs> like we we knew it was gonna be one or the other, uh, but we're not talking about Pokemon. We already did. 
Dying Light Two guys. Uh, Tom, reviews are out. What do you What are you thinking? I mean, I expected this. Oh, okay. the last game performed about the same. Uh, I'm not surprised it's a buggy mess. Open world games without bugs in 2020. Yeah, it's not a thing. It's gonna happen, and it's gonna keep happening. Uh, it's unfortunate that some of the reviewers even lost their entire save files during the review process. Like that's that's terrible. That is bad. Uh, as far as me, I'm not really hyped for the game. I might play it eventually. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Maybe whenever it's on Game Pass or twenty dollars. <laughs> Ethan, I know you're not playing the game because you have a, a phobia of zombies. But what <laughs> I am get? out because of zombies. Uh, but no, it for the uh, let me change my mic settings real quick. There we go. Um, on the point of it being a buggy mess, I mean, I I look at the lead up to this game. And I look at the lead up to Cyberpunk 2077 and I see a ton of simul- similarities, multiple delays and very heavy marketing. Uh, Dying Light 2 was super, super heavily marketed. They had a bunch of gimmicks. They sent out press kits all the time. Uh, this game was rarely not in the news about something releasing trailers um, They were definitely not being quiet about this game. Uh, so I don't know. I just thought it was interesting to compare the two and how it was marketed. And, and it kind of ended up the same way as Cyberpunk, maybe not as bad. Um, but yeah, sending out review copies with this many broken issues and bugs, that's that's not acceptable. Uh, I get it that you're going to have a day one patch. I think they said the day one patch has going to be has is going to have like over 1000 bug fixes, which, yeah, that might make it better. But you're still sending review codes out and these are your front line. These are the people that are telling everybody how this game is. And I mean, to your point, you were talking about how IGN lost a, a save after 30 hours. I was watching uh, the kind of funny um, game cast about this game and blessing junior. He, he lost it after 18 hours and he had to hit up the devs and they had to send him a new copy. Uh, so obviously unacceptable to be sending review copies this broken. I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. You have play testers. I, I just don't understand it. it. It continues to baffle me how these video game developers just don't see this thing com- coming. And then when it happens, they just go, oh, that's crazy. Oh, we need to fix it with a day one patch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I think that the issue is like AAA gaming has like delved from, you know, trying to focus on like maybe having like a bigger QA staff. And now they're like, well, our players will find the bugs and we'll fix them. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly an issue. Aman, I want to get your thoughts. Dying Light 2. I mean, as you all know, I think this game is made for me. Uh, I have a sort of a thing for buggy games, you know. I'm so oh. punk of them. <laughs> I was like, um, but yeah, um, I, I, I'm I'm peaked by this um, sudden rise in bugs in this game. I might check it out now. <laughs> I, I, I don't like what you just did, but I respect it. I, I, you know. Um, for me, I think I, I was never going to pick up Dying Light 2. I'm not interested in it. I played the first one. I thought it was fine. Nothing like amazing. I know some people really like it. I didn't expect this game to be some sort of game of the year contender. I thought it would be better than the first one. And I think my big takeaway is that it's much like uh, Ethan and Tom that stop sending review copies broken. Days Gone, I think, is probably the biggest example of a game that all the reviewers played. It was a broken mess. Metacritic scores came out, and it got torn apart critically. The, the people left the studio. Bend like 
got thrown in, a, thrown in a turmoil. Like there's a whole bunch of issues with this. People's jobs get affected by these reviews, bonuses. If you have the ability, because they got these codes like two or three weeks ago, why not just give them, delay it two or three weeks? Delay it to the end of, well, the end of February might not be a good deal see, uh, seeing uh, what's going on at the end of February, but March, you could throw it in March. I don't think those few weeks they'll allow you to send out review codes and then maybe get a good review score because nobody's going to go back and re-review your game once all the, the bugs have been taken out. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't. It's not how the industry works. They're moving on to the next game. They got yeah. Horizon and Elden Ring to review. They're this was a terrible back. month to release a video game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just they're sending their game out to be torn apart critically, knowingly, and they think that just saying, "Hey, we're gonna fix it," is okay. And I, 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 we need to get past that mentality. And they also told people they got early copies from like you know retailers that break street date. They're like, "Don't play it." Don't play it yet. Wait for day one. So it kind of was an early warning sign that something was uh, was up with the game. And, you know, it's really unfortunate because from what I hear for the positives of the game, people are saying that it really built upon that parkour aspect that made the first game so popular. I mean, I was watching gameplay of it and it looked so fun jumping rooftop to rooftop, all the different stuff you could use to to do parkour. Um, and then from what I heard, also the combat was fun and the different branching choices. And it's just it seems like such a missed opportunity. You had you had it all in your hands and you let it go away <laughs> just yeah, because parkour, of a foolish decision not to wait a couple more weeks. Yeah, the parkour probably the best part of the first game. Anything else before we move on? Dying Light? 1080p, 60 FPS. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so that actually doesn't bother me nearly as much as everyone else. Like, yeah, 1080p is fine. It's not that bad. I'm fine with 1080 and 1440 is probably my preferred, but yeah, but like paparazzi is in 4K. <laughs> Come on, like, come on, can, man. Like we can those, figure this out. <laughs> you got the textures of an ice cream. Like we, come I'm, on. I'm playing paparazzi 4K HDR at 120 frames per second. Let, paparazzi is smooth, <laughs> creamy looking. Like oh, God. Um, oh man. No, okay. We're gonna we're gonna move on. Uh, wrap this show up. We're gonna story number three. Game Pass update number one for February. As we do twice a month here, we let you know what games are coming to Xbox Game Pass, so you can plan your gaming accordingly. Available today, you have Contrast on cloud and console. That is Compulsion's very first game ever made, and it is the first time it's being released on Xbox. You have Dreamscaper, which I hear is really good. It has like an 85 on Metacritic, uh, cloud console and PC. Telling Lies, cloud console PC. On February 10th, so one week from today, we get Besiege in-game preview for cloud console PC. We get Crossfire X for console, but no, just the first operation in the single-player campaign. You'll have to buy the second for $25. You get Edge of Eternity for cloud console and PC. You get Skull the Hero Slayer for cloud console PC. You get the Last Kings or Last Kids on Earth and the Staff of Doom cloud console PC. February 14th, Arc Ultimate Survivor Edition cloud console PC and Infernax cloud console PC. 
And then I add this one isn't coming this month, but is a Game Pass update. MLB The Show 2022 returns to Xbox Game Pass April 5th. So if you liked it last year, they got it again. Tom, any of those games uh, piquing your interest? And I know February is a little packed, but you got time for any of these Game Pass games? He might be having some. I love uh, how it froze immediately. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Now. I'm good. <laughs> so, no, so I want to first say the game that I don't want to play now is Crossfire. Yes, I already had little interest in this game to begin with, and now that the fact that they're releasing the story in like a patch or a bundle, and I have to buy the next one afterwards, mm-hmm. that makes me extremely not even like remotely excited for this game at all. So, whatever sort of hype I had whenever they first announced this game way back like two years ago. I care even less now. Uh, besides that, no, the only other game I care about is Skull. Looks fun. I love roguelikes. The ability swapping uh, with like the little Skull character is pretty interesting. They have like a lot of references to other roguelike games, like uh, Dead Cells as well. So it should be a fun game. Okay. I haven't. I have no idea what it even looks like, so I can't comment. Just imagine on fun and side scroller and action. Uh, Ethan, any of these piquing your uh, your fancy there? Uh, Crossfire X was uh, it's the same thing as Tom. Uh, I actually didn't know this until I read the the show notes. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, I'm instantly out. Like, there's no no chance I'm going to be playing this anymore because of that. Um, so that's unfortunate because I was kind of excited. Um, Edge of Eternity, I'm definitely going to pick up. I know that some of the reviews weren't glowing coming out of Japan because this this game did release in Japan already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still want to continue on my journey of playing more JRPGs and getting more into that sort of game style. So I'm looking forward to jumping back into another big open world JRPG. Um, and then Skull, I played it back in the day when it came out on PC. Absolutely recommend it. Really fun roguelike game. You guys are going to love it if you like roguelikes. So definitely pick that up. Now... Edge of Eternity. I'm, I'm going to go to a mod, yep. but Edge of Eternity is the only one that interests me because it is a JRPG, and I think it has a, a, a interesting art style. It looks pretty nice. Looks really good. What are we... It's turn-based, my understanding, but what are we talking about like in terms of... Is, is it open world? Is it a is it an open world RPG? Like, is it an MMO? Like, what, what kind of game? I'm going to be on? honest. I haven't seen hardly anything about it okay. from the still images that i did see it looks like large areas so i'm assuming it's gonna be maybe not open world but like a tales of arise type of deal where you have big open areas that you can explore and then continue to different areas that i can deal with yeah that, you know yeah. Uh, i might put that in the play later list just because there is a lot of games coming out um but that sounds certainly on my alley and i think it looks i think it looks really good like yeah i mean uh, it's been out for like over a year now on steam and early access because oh. this was one of those crowdfunding games way back when and they actually like surpassed their goals by a whole lot and were able to add so much into this game so you know the stuff that they have in this game is interesting but i'm not too optimistic still just based on like previous previous <laughs> something yeah previous something previous feedback yeah, yeah that's, all, that's what i said that's all i said <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for finishing uh... it yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problem. No problem. Just gotta help the audio listeners so they don't get silenced. Uh, I think their <laughs> their audio broke. Um, Aman, any of these games piquing your interest? Um, honestly, none of them. But uh, I might check out Skull. Looks sort of interesting. Um, I do, do like roguelikes. I loved Hades. It was my game of the year last year. Um, 
on Xbox. So um, yeah, I might check out Skull uh, if it's anything like Hades. So I'll, I think I love it. Um, Edge of Eternity as well. Again, looks pretty good. I'll probably add it to my playlist list as well. February just has too much, you know. I'm probably going to be getting Dying Light and Elden Ring. Uh, so yeah. And Destiny 2 Witch Queen, apparently. Oh yeah, Destiny 2 Witch Queen. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying Destiny 2, man. It's pretty fun. All right, the guys. Grind. Like I haven't I haven't I haven't grinded a game this hard like in a while. <laughs> I missed it. Before we move on, MLB the Show coming back. That's a that's another big get. It's yeah. a PlayStation first party game, obviously, but Rip MLB off ripped off cricket. Oh my lord! Uh-huh. What is even? Oh, nobody even knows the rules to that sport, bro. <laughs> That's why it's the second most popular sport in the world. Okay. Yeah, listen, man. I get baseball is just playing catch for eight hours, but cricket, I don't even know what's going on. It's a, that's a whole different can of worms. Uh, that's a that huge get. I just wanted to, to make note of that again. Like, yeah. absolutely massive that it's going to be on Xbox again, Game Pass again, and apparently good enough to uh, did well enough last year that Sony doesn't mind making that deal again. So, <laughs> Amblix Crossfire looks good because Xbox has needed a CS Valorant type game yeah. mode. Yeah, absolutely. The, mul- the multiplayer for sure. Multiplayer is free. So, if you want to jump in the multiplayer campaign I mean... previews, haven't been. Uh, haven't been good. We already have Rogue Company. If you want a Valorant type game, I think it's better, anyways. And he says, "Getting Dying Light on PC." Said, "There's no crossplay." Yeah, that is another thing about Dying Light that we didn't touch is that there is no crossplay, which a lot of that. reviewers were pretty upset about. That saying that that's something that should just be part of gaming now, and that yeah. we shouldn't have to deal with that anymore. But so that's unfortunate. I didn't even know that. The only thing I saw about multiplayer was that it was broken. That people try to load up and they couldn't they couldn't get into co-op. So Dying Light 2 has a multiplayer mode. Damn, I didn't even know that. Dying Light 1 had one too. Yeah. Uh, I didn't multiplayer. even know that and I played the game. Yeah. Wow. You could play up to four player co-op in Dying yeah, Light. You could do the whole story co-op, yeah. man. Yep. Garrett's getting oh, it. Damn, that that's that's the only way I'd play co-op? it because I can't do it alone. <laughs> Garrett's gonna be playing it. Uh I don't he did not. And he, when we were trashing it in the Discord, well, not trashing, when we were talking about all the issues in the reviews, uh, Garrett did not comment at all. So, like, I well, don't know. From what I heard from a lot of the reviewers, if you're a Dying Light fan, if like that was your jam back in the day, you will like this game. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, all the bugs are ironed out and you will love it. Yeah. Ideally, the day one patch fixes everything. Yeah. And then it's a great game for the people that buy it. And then they could do better in sales. Like, I don't want them to fail. I right. think Techland's a good studio. I want the. I want to see them succeed. I just don't know why they set their game out for failure like this. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my big thing. All right, guys, let's uh, let's wrap up the show here with our last story, coming from Jez Corden over at Windows Central. Certain Affinity, who we talked about last week, in addition to making a Monster Hunter style game, as we talked about last week, is working on a new multiplayer mode for Halo Infinite. Jez says, "quote According to trusted sources." It seems that this new mode, codenamed Tatanka, could be several months out and is designed to be more newcomer-friendly that isn't as demanding competitively uh, as existing multiplayer modes. It's also intended to entice users who typically are interested in Halo. Reading those sentences, I think it's a battle royale, and that that makes me sad. Yes. Makes me sad. 
No, I'm, so, I'm happy it's Battle Royale. I like Battle Royale games. They're fun. I, I agree with you, Aman. Like, I would love this to be a yeah. Battle Royale. But I don't think that this, this is it just yet. I know that they're working on one for sure. They have to be working on Battle Royale. They'd be stupid not to. Yeah. But when I hear casual, I think, like, you know, what's a casual game that a Halo player might like that, you know, is really not good at the game? Griffball. Exactly. I was going to say Griffball. <laughs> yeah. They'll bring, like, Griffball or just some other random, like, game mode, like, Infection. We're bringing back Infection. You know, like a custom games playlist. All guys infinite. Yeah. So I, like I mean, I don't, play. I don't play. Um, Get out of here, Amon. I don't play battle royale games. So for those of you that do, I want to know from the outside looking in at battle royale gameplay, whether it be Warzone or Fortnite, it doesn't seem like it's not competitive. It seems very competitive these battle royale games. So I mean, with using the language like casual, non-competitive. I, I don't think of Battle Royale. So for those of you that do play Battle Royale, would you say it's more casual than an arena-style type of uh, playlist that we see in Halo and Call of Duty? I think it's casual in the sense that I'm whenever I play, I'm normally grouping up with my friends. We don't yeah. take it seriously. We just jump in. We're not really exactly. in there. We don't really have... We don't go in with like a win mentality. It's like, let's go in and just have some fun, get a couple of kills, and just do it again. Exactly. That's that's exactly my thought, Tom, is I, I think of casual when i think of battle royale because chances are you're gonna load in and die real quick but then you're just gonna load right back up and you back in it like it's not uh you're in there for 15 minutes fighting it out in a dog fight maybe you're getting slaughtered like you're two and 16 two and 25 if you're garrett um <laughs> damn he's not here to defend himself <laughs> that's what i do that's what i do but like in battle royale you really it, it doesn't the people that are good at it, they're going to go in and be good at it, and they're going to go for the wins. But a lot of the players are literally just there to goof off and have fun and, like, see what they can do. Like, they're not concerned with winning because only one person can win, and the chances of you winning are pretty slim. Yeah, that's probably why I look at it as competitive because most of the gameplay I'm exposed to is streamers and professional people that take it really seriously and who make money off of actually being good at the game. So... I, I'd be down to jump into a Halo Battle Royale. I don't see how it would hurt the brand in any way. It's just going to add more content for people. Only Battle Royale I'm interested in is Fall Guys. Give me those crowns, baby. <laughs> Got that Sonic outfit. Gotta go fast. <laughs> it's a great game. It's a great. I game. grinded like 20 crowns to get that Sonic outfit. Fall Guys is fun, we, man. I love Fall Guys. I people give it a bad rep, but yeah. I think it's great. Fall Guys and Among Us. I still. I'm. I'm with you. Oh, God. <laughs> bringing it back let's go re, re, rewind uh, I, I remember around like last year when our podcast first started um kevin used to shit on among us a lot really i don't yeah, remember that kevin, yeah I, i'm pretty sure he said something against among us way back then i thought he loved it i thought he yeah, felt he I talked bad about fall guys because he like fell off of it towards the end i'm pretty no, sure no, it was someone on this podcast was talking no, shit garrett about didn't us. like him garrett doesn't like among us yeah, okay. I know I for a fact was, yeah. Garrett doesn't like Among Us. <laughs> he, I, even with, Tom and I do like it. We played, we played I, I love Xbox. Yeah, yeah we, had a, we had a fun time. I have a great game clip of me stabbing a three bit in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> it's great. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up Matt and be like, let's play Among Us. But uh, that's all we got, guys. That's that's the show. I hope you liked it. If you can, please like the video here on YouTube, uh, share it out, 
give us some more exposure on audio platforms. Please rate us, review us. It does help us grow. We're climbing up the charts slowly. I guess some emails. Uh, we're doing we're doing pretty well in some indie video game podcast charts. So you guys are helping us. We appreciate you. And um, plugs. Ethan, where can they find you? You can find me at WhiteCDR1 on Twitter and Gravy3448 on Xbox. Tom, where can they find you? Twitter, Alpaca Tom, and Xbox, way too greasy. Amon, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Xbox at Amon underscore Amon M05. And you can find me at the Muffin Mon. It says one is seven I and an O instead of an A. Follow us at Project X Talk. Stay up to date with all our latest videos. We're making daily content. And thank you for 300 subscribers, guys. I think we're over that now. Um, but everyone that has subscribed in the last couple of days, weeks, we appreciate you. Hell we're going yeah. for a thousand. So thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Goodbye. Bye. Peace.